everyone. Welcome to the Authentically Kind podcast, where we tell imperfect, messy, real stories about being a good human. I'm Michelle, the host of this podcast, and I'm so glad you're joining me for my very first episode. I've been doing random and not so random acts of kindness for a very long time and started a community group in my local town of Colchester, Connecticut that's completely focused on spreading good vibes and being there for community members. I'm also trying to raise my daughter to be kindness-focused, which is both easy and challenging at the same time. Every day I strive to be a good human, but it's definitely not always easy, and I make mistakes pretty often. That's why I wanted to start this podcast, because I feel like too often we connect kindness with perfection somehow, like it's not okay to have a negative thought about someone, or if we're struggling in our kindness practice, then we, get, we can be really hard on ourselves. But it is okay. We are all human. We all have flaws. Let's practice kindness together and tell the truth about what that really looks like. So each week, the Authentically Kind podcast will focus on a different kindness-related topic. Sometimes I'm going to interview people with interesting perspectives, and sometimes you'll hear just from yours truly. So let's get started. I'm really excited today to have a good friend of mine here for my very first podcast on Authentically Kind. My friend Sarah Bernhardson is here. Uh, She and I have known each other for a while, actually. She uh, and I were part of the same website called CT Working Moms, where she wrote for several years about Mm -hmm. topics, parenthood type of topics. So I know her through that avenue, but she's also an educator and an art teacher, And I know she has some strong opinions about whether kindness is gendered or not. So I'm excited to dive into that topic with her today. Sarah, did you want to say anything about yourself? Oh, well, thank you for having me first. Um, I have two sons, so things being overly gendered wasn't something that I originally thought I would deal with as a parent, because you usually hear about um, the feminist movement, as we should certainly hear about, and you know, trying to be more inclusive of girls in society. But I noticed um, as a mother of two sons that our society is not that inclusive of boys kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen it at work and I've seen it at home and in playgroups and kind of all over my work life and my home life. Yeah. And I have a seven-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. And so we do a lot of kindness together. But sometimes I do think to myself, like if she was a boy, Right. Would I be treating her differently? Would mm-hmm. I be as intentional as I am about going out and handing out flowers to people? Right. And things like that. I don't yeah. know. I would like to think I would be, but but I don't know. Yeah. It, it definitely is something that I had never thought of before. Um, but I have seen it differently, even in the way toys are marketed to kids and in the activities that we choose for kids. And um, in the activities, you know, after school activities and school activities and book themes and topics and just kind of really in all aspects of the way we raise boys, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. So I guess let's get right down to it. Why Mm -hmm. do you think that is? Why do you think kindness is gendered in this way? Well, I think as a society, we tend to value in men the sense of being an alpha male and Mm -hmm. being in charge and being dominant certainly is something, Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody sees that throughout society, you know, from what I can tell. And um, that's unfortunate for girls for a number of reasons, you know, not being encouraged to take leadership roles. And we have this whole movement of, you know, girl bosses and wanting girls to be the boss and not be called bossy, um, encouraging them to take that role. But for boys, there doesn't seem to be the opposite side of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Boys, we never say to boys, be a caretaker, you know, 
you should strive to be a stay-at-home dad. And I think there's value in that. And mm-hmm. I think boys should have that option just as girls have. Um, but I've noticed even in things as silly as like children's underwear and, you know, early reader books, the boy topics are always superheroes and firefighters and police officers and community heroes and um, how can you save the world and you know these like leadership roles that boys are always told they have to take and I have yet to see a children's book where there's an awesome dad who's you know cooking great meals for his children and staying at home but you see that sort of thing all the time for girls Mm -hmm. and it's not fair for either side to Mm -hmm. have to be stuck and pigeonholed in that way. So how do you feel like that could be limiting to boys as they grow up? Well, my own, my older, my kids are very, very different children. Um, My younger son does love superheroes. um, But he told me a few weeks ago that when he grows up, he's going to have six babies. And he's adopting them all. And he's never getting married. (laughs) He's just going to adopt six babies and raise them. And we were talking to a friend. And the friend that I was talking to said, well, what are you going to do for your job? Because it's really expensive to have six babies. And it is. Mm -hmm. It's a valid question. Mm -hmm. And he said... Well, I don't really know. And she said, well, you've got to figure this out. If you're going to have six babies, who's taking care of six babies for you while you're off at work? Mm. And I thought, what if he wants to take care of the babies? You know, like Mm -hmm. it never and it was a good friend and certainly not anything negative. But it's just that sort of mentality that if you're going to grow up and have kids with girls, we often think like, oh, that's so sweet. You love babies. You know, do you have dolls? Do you like to dress your dolls? Do you want to be a babysitter when you're in high school? Maybe you want to be a teacher. And I am a teacher. So, you know, I understand that. But what if he wants to be a teacher? What if he wants to be a preschool teacher and raise his his six babies that he's adopted on his own? Um, You know, and I just thought to myself, wow, that's really unfortunate that it doesn't even occur to people that maybe he wants to grow up to be a caretaker and not a superhero or a community hero or anything, you know, maybe he wants to just be in his own house and be a hero. Right. It shows just how ingrained that is in our society that that's our automatic assumption. And then my older son wants zero children, wants to have pets and cats and live in a, in a, um, animal rescue and (laughs) also not into superheroes at all. And I went into a huge retailer locally and I said, where are your play kitchens? They were literally in an aisle that said four girls And everything in the aisle was pink and purple. And he loves pink. And I have no issue with, you know, boys having pink toys. But it sends a message to kids to walk down a toy aisle. And you walk down one aisle and it's superhero toys and Nerf guns and swords and, you know, rescue helicopters. And it says for boys, you walk one aisle over and everything's pink. It says for girls and it's play kitchens and play food and dolls and pretend diapers. And I thought, wow, like... It's unfair to the girls who might want to be firefighters, and it's mm-hmm. also unfair to the boys who might want to grow up to be a chef or who might want to take care of babies or be an early childhood teacher or, you know. Right. Yeah, the gender stereotypes are limiting to mm-hmm. all genders, really. Even as far as pull-ups. Like, I can remember, and I, was, I stayed at home for a year and a half full-time um, with my older son and then went to graduate school and then worked part-time and then went back full-time. So that year and a half, I had a lot of quiet thinking time because I was home with a baby moving and, you know, being home 24-7. And I would look at silly things like pull-ups. And I would see the boys' pull-ups had rescue heroes and the girls' pull-ups had Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. And I thought fairy tales are for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Aesop's Fables came out and Grimm's Fairy Tales, they didn't say, like, here's fairy tales for girls. They said, here's fairy tales for children. 
But in our society, fairy tales are for girls. Like, that's the clear message that kids get when they walk down the aisle of a bookstore. Mm-hmm. And boys should be reading either nonfiction or, you know, superhero fiction or magic treehouse adventure books. And, you know. Yeah. There's not really a fairy tale for boys sort of thing out there. There's Harry Potter, certainly. But that's kind of the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Well, with your own boys, as far as the topic of kindness goes, <clears throat> do you actively do things to encourage your boys to be kind? Yes. Um, we are active in our local community with um, supporting families in town through dinners and um, child care swaps and things like that. Mm-hmm. And my kids, actually, they're almost 10 and 7 now. And recently I was making some dinners for a family in town who'd gone through a difficult time. And my son said, why are you always bringing dinners to people? Like in this (laughs) exasperated voice. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he goes, you're constantly making dinners and dropping them off at people's houses. And it's kind of weird. Like, why are you always doing that? And I said, well, I think that we're very fortunate that we're healthy and that we can afford to put meals on our table. And people go through difficult times and it might be a financial difficulty. It might be a health difficulty. And I think that during those times, it's important to reach out and help people when we can locally, especially. Um, And he said, oh, okay. And then he kind of thought more about it and was interested in helping and um, asked if he could make a dessert with me for the person. And he asked about the story behind the person and said, why are we bringing this meal to this person? And I said, well, this is what happened. And It was a medical situation and it was somebody that the kids actually knew but didn't realize the person was going through it. And then it completely changed his outlook on it. Um, So those sorts of things are kind of the main thing that we do at home. And also helping out family members. Um, My grandmother is 91 and lives with my parents. Um, And from the time my kids were old enough to walk, pretty much, I've made a big deal out of encouraging them to help my grandmother when they can and thinking about if you couldn't see or hear, what would you need help with? That's awesome. So I was just listening to you and thinking about what you said earlier about socialization and the role that that plays in the sort of gender gap mm-hmm. with kindness. Because I I think that compassion and kindness are innate um, characteristics. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think that our society does really gender this sort of stuff and I wish it wasn't that way I, know, I, I really too. wish it wasn't that way even you know I have a local kindness group that mm-hmm. I started and I love it so much however I have seen noticed even with our group that right. it is mostly women who are active um, there are some really awesome men in the group mm-hmm. who are active as well but it's definitely the majority women right um, so I'm just really interested in exploring this theme right. and this topic about like, why is this and how can we change it? I've noticed it in really silly ways, too, even with like children's clothing, not so much with, you know, characters and things like that, but the animals they choose. My son loves cats mm. and finding cats on boy clothing is pretty difficult to do. There's usually dinosaurs, there's usually lions, there's usually like dominant aggressive sort of animals. And then you go to the girls department and it's kittens and it's butterflies and like fragile little soft things. Mm. And it's so, it's just kind of a a message that's sort of everywhere, I think, from kids. And kids are smart and they pick up on those things. They do. And I've had um, fellow parents say, you know, you're overreacting, just buy them the shirts and move on. It's not that big a deal. And I thought, but 
when you get that message 24 seven, then it does become a big deal. And the aggregate of all those little messages is a pretty big message. Oh, absolutely. So what do you think the negative internalizations are for boys who want to be kind, want to be caring, but see that this like tough guy macho attitude is what his peers are doing? Like, do you think boys who are more in touch with um, kindness and compassion, are they teased? Are they bullied? Like, what do you think are some of the the negative things? I think sometimes that does happen. I've seen it on occasion with my own sons. Um, and I've, you know, talked to them about it and said, this is just sort of the way some people think about it. And you can ignore that and move on just as you would anything else that somebody said to you that mm-hmm. was unkind. Um but it is difficult. I don't I don't even know what the solution really is on that front with kids. I've tried to just tell my own sons that this is the way we do things in our family and that my job is to make sure that they grow up to be kind adults. And I always tell them over and over and over that the most important thing you can be is kind. And if someone is doing something at school that's unkind, your job is to stand up to that. So I think kind of encouraging that being vocal that we already encourage boys to do whether we should or not and saying you can use that power for good like you can still be vocal if you want to be like the other boys but instead of you know trying to put other people down if you see someone who's bullied then your job as somebody who's more vocal is to say hey this is wrong and you need to stop right now um and i have heard that my younger son has actually done that at school a couple times he's very spunky um And he said that the other person did back down and that it did work. (laughs) My older son, when he was in kindergarten, he's very quiet and he's very big for his age and apparently wanted to color something pink in kindergarten. And one of the other children said, you're using pink. That's a girl color. You shouldn't be using pink. Here, use blue. He apparently never said much. He slammed his crayon on the table and said, all of the colors are for (laughs) all of the children. (laughs) No one ever mentioned it again. All right. So I think... Telling them that it's okay to speak up and that it's okay to share that message. And if other people don't agree with it, that's their choice, you Mm -hmm. know. I think that's great advice. Yeah, I'm constantly telling my daughter that in life, the most important thing is to be Mm -hmm. a good person. Like, Mm -hmm. just be a good human. Do your best at school. Yeah. If you make mistakes, it's okay. I'd rather have her be a good human than be mm-hmm. an A student, honestly, Definitely. which is different than how I thought when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I thought grades were so important, and obviously right. they are important. Yeah. Um, but when it comes down to it, being a good person, helping other people, that's the purpose of life in the yeah. end, I think. I've heard, too, that some schools are going to be moving toward um, a report card that reflects things like collaboration and empathy and things like that which i am thrilled to hear Um, i never heard that yeah the school district where i teach there's been a lot of talk about that sort of thing and that we need to start valuing these quote unquote soft skills like empathy and compassion and we need to value those as much as technical ability with numbers or um, your ability to have correct grammar in your writing and that if you have those technical skills that's great but if you don't know how to collaborate Unless you plan to work in a vacuum, there's not going to be any use for those technical skills. And I'm hoping that the pendulum kind of shifts so that we're thinking about those things. And as teachers, I think it's really important to think about those things and to watch what we present to kids. 
mm-hmm. in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I really love that idea of including things like empathy on report I do cards. Too. That I never have heard of that before. Yeah. But that seems like a great way to reinforce with the children that it's important and mm-hmm. the parents that it's important to be right. teaching these skills. Well, and for I kids. think for the kids who are working on those skills, it finally gives them sort of validation that this is something important to society. And like, look, people are looking at this. And this is something that it's right that I'm concerned about. And it's not just some silly thing that my mom makes me do on weekends, you know, it's interesting in that way as well, that yeah, sort of kindness can be devalued in a certain Mm -hmm. way, because it is viewed as a women's characteristic. But when men do something kind, um, right? it's seen as this like amazing thing which of course it is kindness right anyone is amazing but it's just really interesting to just like note that it's just expected kind of from women and men right it's kind of the exception to the rule well i think it goes back to like that alpha male sort of thing that Mm -hmm. we want men to be in charge and we want men to be you know i can't even put it into words like we don't want men to be seen as someone who can be swayed by emotion as a society that's sort of just Mm -hmm. the way i've seen things that if if men are swayed by emotion or if they show emotion i mean we we don't have a good response as a society to men crying that's very true and you know kids are told to man up and you know Mm -hmm. it's not something that we react well to as a society in men Mm -hmm. and i think that's the part that we need to work on changing and i think by focusing on things like empathy and compassion and giving value to those that will change because it's hard to be compassionate if you're not allowed to show emotion. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think too, just thinking about my bosses over the years and the different management styles that I have witnessed, like I really love it when I have a male boss who is compassionate, Mm -hmm. who's like understanding if I have to stay home because my kid is sick or something mm-hmm. um, or I had I had to have surgery and mm-hmm. my boss is understanding I'm gonna have to be out of work for a little bit like I feel like that goes such a long way right in life in making people feel valued and seen and understood that I really hope that we can move as a society to promoting kindness on a on a greater level i I mean there is a lot going on to teach kids kindness i even see that in my own town Mm -hmm. there's different i'm not an educator but i think there's like different certifications that schools can Mm -hmm. even get um around anti-bullying and things like that we have one of those kind of schools in our town right so they're always doing Mm -hmm. kind of stuff like putting post-it notes on the kids lockers or having different programming about it we have a kids summer kindness challenge going on in our town so i that's wonderful. do have to i do hope that those things will help instill those values right in kids but i also do worry that is it mostly the girls that are taking those messages home right you know something that i've been excited to see in schools kind of across the state um is restorative practices or restorative justice it sometimes calls that Instead of just saying, you hit someone, your punishment is you have to do this extra worksheet and you're going to stay after school for 20 minutes. It will help the child reflect on what they had made a mistake in and how they can fix it next time and making amends for what they did. Mm. So if you hit someone on the playground, you will have to think about what part of your school's rules you broke. And if it was safety, then you'll think about what did you doing that 
what effect did that have on another person? And I think even just that sort of thinking about it and reflecting and not just moving on from it, not just saying, you know, do your time, you're done, you've served your sentence of after school time or whatever it is, indoor recess or uh, missing out on a privilege, thinking about the choice you made and how it affected other people, and then having to write an apology note to that person and saying, I hit you at recess. I'm really sorry that I did that. I know that it hurt your body and made you feel afraid. And next time, if I'm upset at you, I'll use my words and tell you that I need to talk or I'll go take a five minute break in a calm down corner and coming up with a plan for the future to avoid that sort of behavior. And I think because a lot of the times in schools, boys are the ones who are physical and boys are the ones who are, you know, statistically boys are the ones who are getting expelled for violence, especially mm-hmm. in the upper grades. I think if we can stop and teach people to reflect and think about these things, that'll really help too. Mm-hmm. And make it okay to stop and reflect on your behavior and give a sincere apology. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in addition to some of the things we talked about, um, such as the restorative justice mm-hmm. practice, um, some of the other things you can do with your kids to teach them about kindness. Do you have any other tips or resources that you want to share with people who might be listening that are parents yeah. um, or even grandparents and want to engage their both boys and girls or people of any gender um, in practicing more kindness? Um, I think for me, a huge kind of awakening was when I realized that a lot of the messages are coming from very commercialized children's products Mm. Um, and seeking out gender neutral toys, whether you have a son or a daughter or a granddaughter or a grandson, seeking out toys that when the child looks at them, they could think this could be for anybody, you know, primary colored kitchens, for example, we went to so many stores and this was a decade ago, almost, it's a little bit better now from what I've seen, but so many stores to find kind of a gender neutral kitchen that anyone could play in. Um, So I think seeking out less commercialized toys and trying, and I mean, everybody, all kids really love certain characters and movies and things, but not exclusively going Disney princesses and not exclusively going rescue bots, like letting your child have some non-commercialized toys where they can just use their imagination and explore what's really important to them. Mm -hmm. Um, The campaign for commercial free childhood for me was a great resource (laughs) for articles and why it's important to let kids use their imagination and to not exclusively avoid commercialized products because that's I don't feel like that's reasonable <laughs> as a right. parent, mm-hmm. but to temper it a little bit. Um, I've also found the resource for Small Hands, which is um, a supplier for Montessori schools. Their products are almost always gender neutral, which is really nice. Dolls that are clearly for either gender, mm-hmm. cleaning supplies that are kid sized that are for either gender. You know, there's mops and brooms that are not pink because mm-hmm. I certainly don't want to send the message that girls are supposed to be the only ones sweeping <laughs> and mopping. Gosh, in a house of all men. Um, so those sorts of things are really important. Um, and then seeking out children's clothing when you're able to that sort of isn't the gender norm. Um, Free to be kids is a great resource. Oh my gosh, I super we own love them. Almost every shirt they make, I think. <laughs> we actually order up the next size in case they stop making a shirt, so we have one in reserve. Um, yeah, they also- have a shirt I've seen because I follow their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We're not affiliated with them in any way on this <laughs> podcast. We just love them. Exactly. Um, they have a shirt that says Kind Like Daddy. Yes. And I was like, yes. Yep. Thank you. Like, Kind yep. Like Daddy. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> they also, um, they have one that says Mr. Nice Guy, oh. which I love because everybody knows the phrase is no more Mr. Nice Guy. Right. Like, that's a bad thing. And you want to like, no more Mr. Nice Guy. I'm going to really, you know, get things done now. But what's wrong with being Mr. Nice Guy? Mm-hmm. So just like getting those messages out there in addition to the messages they might already be getting. Um, and then just like children's clothing that doesn't say anything sometimes is nice. Mm-hmm. There's a website, I think it's called Primary. And they okay. just make plain clothing. And it's all gender neutral. It's all colors of the rainbow. And, you know, everything's for everybody. There's polos in every color. There's t-shirts in every color. And it doesn't say, like, oh, here are the girls' shirts. And they have a scalloped collar. And they're pink and purple. Mm-hmm. And here are the boys' pocket tees. And they're green and blue. Like, all the shirts are for everybody, mm-hmm. as my son would be happy to know. <laughs> um, and I think it's it's great to seek out those sorts of things. Yeah, that's really cool. Melissa and Doug, of course, is a company I love, too, yeah. for mm-hmm. offering kind of more neutral resources. Well, I think I would just add, too, to that, that I love to find books that mm-hmm. I can read to my child that emphasize certain values. Um, and so we've been reading books about kindness forever mm-hmm. one of my favorites is how to fill a bucket oh i love which, that one yes i love that, that one it like one. really uses this imagery of this imaginary bucket and everyone mm-hmm. has one and you can either fill buckets or mm-hmm. you can take away from buckets and which kind of kid or person do you want to be right so i feel like that imagery is so good so that's something that you can check out of your library Definitely. or find on amazon or something um and that there's a couple books in that series by the same author and they use uh, kids of all genders mm-hmm. in the book too for their examples like they really great. thought about that when they were making these books mm-hmm. um, but there's also authors like Todd Parr and yes I love Todd Parr I, me too fantastic. shout out to Todd Parr <laughs> I love you um, I use his books in my teaching all the time especially his family's book because it's so inclusive of different families mm-hmm. yep so and plus we have the internet so you can always yep. google you know resource like books and stuff that help teach my child about kindness there's so many out there that would be a great start i will say um i'm not as up on the little kids shows as i used to be but i do have a two-year-old nephew um and daniel tiger mm. on pbs kids is a great show because that's a very neutral show daniel tiger's a boy yep. um and his mom teaches him about kindness and compassion and empathy and every you know it's i think it's and is it inspired by Fred Rogers, or is I it through so. his foundation? It's affiliated. Uh, yeah, with him it's in definitely some way. affiliated. Sure. Um, um, but I love shows like that. That yeah. you know, the boy is the one doing the kind of yes, things. Yes, I think that's awesome. Cool. And Fred Rogers himself. I mean, what a great resource there in those shows. Yeah, that whole show was a man who's kind and compassionate, and yes, we miss He's him. Such an amazing example. Yeah. of a compassionate man. Mm-hmm. I think there's a new movie coming about, out about him, right? A I heard. I don't know if it's out already, but I really do want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I think our local library is going to screen oh, it. Oh, which would be so cool. There's actually a documentary I've been meaning to see about men and kindness, and I'll have to oh, really? get you the title. Um, yeah, find the title. Yeah, we'll link it up in the podcast. I, so I would love to it. if there was ever a community screening of it. It was, I think it was produced by Campaign for Commercial Free Childhood. Okay. Um, but it was about it was about masculinity. It was oh. The Mask We Live In. Oh, yeah. Or The yes. Mask You Live In. I'll have to yep. get back to you mm-hmm. on the title. Yeah. I heard about that. So I'm excited that there are people out there who are talking about it and who are moving toward the change, which is nice to see. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you for being part of the very first Authentically Kind podcast today. <laughs> thank you today. very much for having me. It was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad. It was awesome to have you here today and to 
hear your opinions on this topic and for you to give us some resources about how we can be more conscious of how we're raising our kids and making Mm -hmm. sure that we're raising our kids of any gender Mm -hmm. to be kind, empathetic human beings. Definitely. So thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, if you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to hit that subscribe button and leave us a positive review and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.